Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey everyone, Matt Straub, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Normally on Wednesdays, we do a whip around episode, but what happens when you attempt to get a bunch of people for a whip, whip around episode and you only have one? We're about to find out today. I'm joined by Steve Alexander. Steve, it's just me and you today, man. Everyone else is uh, is off doing important things. I don't know what they're doing. They're not replying to me, that's for sure. But it's, it's, <laughs> we're, we're here and we're ready to talk fantasy hoops. What's going on with you? Well, even in the midst of one of the busiest days of my life, Matt, I, I always have time to join you for the... For the whip around. You know what? That is legitimately a true statement you just made. You are a, a prince among amongst men when it comes to <laughs> podcasting. I'll, I could email you in the middle of of one of your children's wedding, and I think you would say, "Hang on, let me give me give me five minutes. I, I can get my headphones." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that was an extreme I, example. <laughs> I like the uh, the text you sent me right before we did this. It, it said, uh, "I'll text you in a sex or something something to that effect." Or I'll send the link in a sex uh, when it was supposed to be sec. That that autocorrect in our phones is crazy. The other day, I put a put a post on Facebook and said something like, "I haven't done that in a minute," but when I posted it, I, I was in a hurry and I wasn't really paying attention. It it converted minute to man bites. People on Facebook dude. like, dude, reread that. It's like uh, in Arrested Development, Michael says to Tobias, "You should really, you should really record yourself talking sometime." <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that was when is... he that was when he made himself blue. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I uh, I will tell you that I am a very fast uh, typist, and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag here. I guess this is probably fall, falls into the category of a humble brag, but I will occasionally. Be, you know, and, I'm, and the, it carries over to the phone, so I type things really fast. I hit send, and then it's like, uh oh, yeah, yeah, that that autocorrect got me there. And I'm sure that happens to a lot of us, all the time. Dude, so you you're a fast you're a fast texter. Are you a, a two thumb yes. typer, like speed typer? Yes, I am. Well, I get made fun of all the time because I I am a one thumb super slow texter. I'm like, I'm just like a typical old man texter. I'm like my dad tried to text, dude, just like. Got to get the glasses on. Got to get the thumb going. <laughs> I was I was hanging out with my parents over the holidays, and my dad was like knocking out an email, and I was like, I can't believe how painstaking this is to watch. Like he was just <laughs> just painstakingly carving out, as though he's chiseling these words into wood. I mean, just the the effort <laughs> it requires. Like, Dad, you got to learn how to do this faster. <laughs> Oh man, dude! My dad's the same way. I watch him type, and it's like he's got the dual index fingers going, just like uh, there's a long pause between every peck, and it's just it's it's incredible. So I I think I'm that's the version of me on a phone. So anyway, (laughs) beautiful. Also, um, right now I've I've got my buy low uh, sell high column pulled up on Roto World. And I'm looking at a video of myself playing back at me, and that's it, very odd. I'm not sure I like that. What's in your buy low, sell high column? I feel like now's a good time to go out and try to get you some Damian Lillard. 
because we don't know exactly when he's coming back. Um, but the Spurs, I mean, the Blazers are hanging out tight in that playoff race. They're, what, two and a half back of the Grizzlies now. So when Lillard does come back, he's going to be on a tear just like he was before he went out. And, you know, he's missed a couple games. These guys are, you know, some of his owners are trying to get into the playoffs and you might be able to, you might be able to get him for a little less than you would if he was actually playing. Yeah, I, I buy that. And I think we're getting into that time of year where you start to see the advantages of being, you know, high up in the standings. You can really start to take advantage of, uh, potentially take advantage of teams that are desperately fighting to, to get into the fantasy playoffs and make up ground because, you know, a team that has Lillard and let's say is, you know, one, one two spots outside the playoffs and, and hoping to make a run, they can't afford to wait now. Yeah. And another guy that made the list was John Morant. Uh, over his last three games, which are all Memphis losses as they're trying to hang out in the fantasy playoff hunt, or in the real playoff hunt, but three straight <laughs> losses. He's averaging two assists, 0.7 rebounds, zero steals, zero three-pointers, and four turnovers uh, in his last three games. So um, he lost Jaron Jackson Jr., which I'm sure – is having a negative impact on him. Brandon Clark went down on Monday. We don't know how much time he's going to miss, but um, so I'm a little worried about who John Morant's going to have to throw the ball to, but he might be the ultimate uh, by-low guy right now. I have John Morant in multiple leagues, and this has been an agonizing few games. He had his first career triple-double on February 9th, just a couple weeks ago, basically. 27 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. Followed that up with 20 points, five boards, nine assists. So I, I was certainly starting to think, oh, man, you know, Morant is getting ready to ramp it up even more for the stretch run. Uh, not the case at the moment. Those those three games that you referenced, absolutely brutal. I mean, he's still averaging 17 points during that stretch, shooting 48% from the field. So in some ways, you know, his game is perfectly intact. It's not like it's not necessarily your typical slump in that sense. But yeah, I guess it is a buy low. He's been really bad lately, though, and I am, I am actually super frustrated with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only been three games, but like like we said, Jaron Jackson being gone is is definitely gonna take a toll. I think and Jay yeah. Crowder, he probably misses Jay Crowder a little bit too. Yeah, and like those guys are just gone cold. I mean, Dylan Brooks has been in a shooting slump. Uh, Morant shooting it pretty poorly from three. I think he's like four for twenty two. I think on three-pointers over his last eight games. Mm. So he's he is in a at least an outside shooting slump, and that's got to be affecting his production. And, man, Brand, when you look at Brandon Clark, what a golden opportunity that guy had on Monday night. I used him in DFS, started him in multiple season-long leagues, and not only was it 40-14 to 14 after the first quarter, but at end of the night, Clark, three minutes done for the night with, a hip, with hip issues. So Something like... 0. 0.02 points or minus 0. 0.2 or something something not good that was awful i had him in um, all i had him in all my dfs and in some some regular ones too i mean it looked like he was just gonna go off and he got hurt you know there's yeah. nothing you can do about it yeah. you know why we're talking about well we're talking about memphis but i know um along with brandon clark the other the other hot pickup uh or a guy we've talked about a lot is, is kevin porter jr and i actually on sunday night real late dropped him oh, no. in one league to pick up Kobe White. Oh. And when I was writing my daily dose, I said 
I I know I was contemplating cutting Kevin Porter Jr. in one league last night, but I hope I didn't do it. I'm scared to go back and look because I, I made moves in like 10 different leagues, so I, I couldn't keep track of everything I did because Kevin Porter Jr. went nuts Monday night. He had, what, 28 points, season high 28, balled out. I was like, oh my gosh, tell, tell me I didn't cut him. So in my dose, I said, I'm, I'm too scared to go back and look, so I'm just going to not look. Well, I went and looked <laughs> uh, this morning, and I actually did cut him, but... He was still sitting out there on waivers. He had cleared waivers, and I was able to pick him back up. So crisis averted there. I'm going to roll back the uh, the tape from our, our last waiver wire episode where we came to the conclusion to be patient on Kevin Porter Jr. Here, here's what we said. <laughs> KPJ and Drummond. I mean, Austin obviously is, is going to win there. But I feel like next week, Bickerstaff may have a totally different game plan. Yeah, and I'm, that's why I'm staying patient with Kevin Porter Jr., at least for a couple more games uh, before totally panicking. So speaking of panic, Ben Simmons is dealing with... So Steve, injury. you did not listen to our advice there. You completely forgot what we said. Kevin Porter Jr., of course, had, had two awful games under new coach J.B. Bickerstaff. He got ejected in one, but was in foul trouble anyways. Five points total. Then, Steve, it wasn't 28. It was 30 points on Monday night. Uh, Nine of 18 shooting, four threes, eight for 10 from the line, eight boards, three assists, three steals. Just absolutely beastly. I didn't drop. I don't have him in that many leagues, but I didn't drop him anywhere. I'm I'm glad you were able to get him back. And by the way, you know when you like, as a fantasy player who also writes about fantasy, sometimes you you like, you know, you have to write a daily dose or something after you dropped Kevin Porter Jr. You're like, I just don't even want to do this. I don't, I don't even want to write this column. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, yeah. Um, and I didn't want to cut Kevin Porter Jr., but he'd been so bad those two games. Kobe White went crazy that night. Um, and of course, Kobe White only played two games this week. So it was a doubly stupid move, but I got him back. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it wasn't exactly stupid to pick up Kobe White after his back to back 33 point games. I am definitely, by the way, starting him Tuesday night in DFS. We're recording this before the Tuesday night games. I cannot wait for him to shoot six for 21 uh, <laughs> on Tuesday night. Uh, I, yeah. too, have him in my league. Yeah. I mean, in my lineup. So, yeah. Yeah, you got you it. You know, speaking, speaking of uh, the coach you just mentioned, J.B. Bickerstaff, he had some interesting things to say about Andre Drummond yesterday. I don't know if you caught this. But um, oh, I don't have the right column pulled up. It's in my it's in my notes. Hold, please. This is where I'll just say that Drummond on Monday night. While you're looking for that, 24 minutes, 13 points, six boards, one steal, one block, five for 14 from the field, one for four from the free throw line. That is bad. The Cavs somehow have actually won three out of five since Drummond became a Cleveland Cavalier. In five games for the Cavs, he's averaging 13 points, 10 boards, 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks in 24 minutes a game. So, I mean, is it's not the worst disaster of all time, but it's pretty bad, especially when you throw in four turnovers a game, bad free throw shooting. Like You need much more volume from Drummond to offset the turnovers and free throw shooting. Well, yeah, and like every other Cavalier is playing more minutes than him. Like It's just weird. And, and they were down big last night, and and uh, they pulled off a big comeback, and Drummond was on the bench when that started. And I think Bickerstaff just rolled with who he had out there. Um, so I, I don't think I don't think Andre Drummond is dead in the water by any means. But what I found interesting is Bickerstaff. First of all, he said we're going to call on different people on a given night. It could be your night, which 
That's the last thing you want to hear if you own Cavaliers. Because oh one night it's going to be Larry Nance. One night it's going to be Kevin Love. One night it's going to be Kevin Moore Jr. Then he said about Drummond, uh, he has the ability to score without plays being called for him, and that's a coach's dream. You've got a guy who can get you 20 points, and you don't have to call a play for him. So he double emphasized the fact that he does not call plays for Andre Drummond. Which would help explain why Andre Drummond has not done much since he's been in Cleveland. Brutal. So, yeah. Sell low. Sell low. I think I'd sell low on Drummond right now. I really do. I kind of feel like you can. I kind of feel like it's a good time to buy low on him, though. Hey, by the way, the subplot of this he, that we're not talking about is he had two more threes on Monday night. Yeah. What in the world is that? How does that happen? <laughs> he's now four for nine. For a crisp forty-four percent from downtown <laughs> as a member of, the, of Cleveland, he's just a different man. He's a different player. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it probably is a smart time to buy low, but you know, only if your squad, I think, is already punting free throws. Because let me tell you, that'll really that gets old in a hurry, especially if you have a good free throw shooting team and and you throw yeah, Drummond into I, the mix. Yeah, I, I just I keep hearing hearing you say, well, they got to play Drummond with these kids to get them ready for next year. And then that just keeps resonating in my in my brain. That was Monday Matt talking. <laughs> Wednesday Matt feels totally differently. <laughs> uh, a couple more guys. DeJounte Murray is interesting right now. I, as those of us in weekly leagues know, the Spurs are only playing two games this week. So DeJounte Murray, Patty Mills, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, all these kind of guys – were tough plays this week. Murray's also coming off a zero-point game when he missed all seven of his shots on Sunday. So you combine that zero points with the two-game week, he may have been dropped in a bunch of leagues. The upside part of that is he was averaging almost 20 points on 60% shooting in his previous four games. The schedule opens up again for the Spurs next week, and um, while guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and DeRozan scare me as far as uh, being shut down, go. I think Murray's young enough that that Pop could roll with him, and he could actually go on a huge spree to end the season. I'm on board with that. Remember that 0 for 7 goose egg of a game was preceded by a 25 point game, a 23 point game, just filled up the stat sheet in both of those games. So I like that. And by the way, Steve, while you were talking there, um, through the magic of of editing. Uh, none of the listeners at home will hear it, but uh, but I did have a kid run in here asking for fortune cookies. Uh, very strange, very <laughs> strange request. Was not expecting to get that, but uh, so we got some fortune cookies going here, here at the uh, studio. I need an on-air light, by the way, over my door. I think I'm going to buy that. <laughs> you need to yell that at your family as loud as you can from the top of the stairs. Yeah. You got people balling out in your dining room. Yes. Uh, you know, Matt, one time uh, when I was like nine, we went to a Chinese restaurant and I ate... I've discovered fortune cookies, and I I thought they were so good. I took like seven of them home and ate all of them in the car. And by the time I got home, I was I was on my deathbed, and I've never eaten a fortune cookie since. Really? Yep. Wow. I've opened them. You know, I've taken a look at my fortune, but I haven't uh, haven't eaten them. You don't get you don't get the fortune if you don't eat the cookies, Steve. I hate to break it to you, dude. Is that true? Yeah. Come on. Well, no wonder. No wonder. No wonder things are going so poorly for me. <laughs> no wonder none of your wildest dreams have come true. You will soon uh, have a very successful business venture. You're like clearly Sweet. that is why Luca did not play last weekend. Clearly, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Another guy 
back to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, oh, Gorgie, yeah, let's go. Gorgie Jang suddenly looks viable with with the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury and the Brandon Clark injury. If if both of those hold up, Jang's been out there playing really well. 14 points and 10 boards in two straight, and he had four blocks to go along with that on Monday. I feel like he's kind of a must-own, must-own player right now. When we hand out our year-end waiver wire awards, uh, I really think Gorgie Jang, even though I don't think we talked about him that much on the podcast, actually, I think he's going to have to get some kind of reward because it's pretty impressive. He's now on his second team finding value in the exact <laughs> same way that he did before. Is like someone's got to be injured. Possibly multiple guys have to be injured. But when this dude gets a chance to play, he puts up very good fantasy numbers. Yes. That is correct. Um, on the on the sell high end of things, I, I didn't have that many players I went over. One one that sticks out is Ricky Rubio, twenty two points, six boards, eleven assists, seven steals, two threes in Monday's revenge game against his former team, the Jazz. He said after the game that he was super psyched about playing against them. It felt really good to do that to them. Uh, he was obviously extra motivated for that game. He, over the last couple weeks, he's been out of his mind. Like one of the one of the best point guards in basketball, I feel like he has nowhere to go but down. Yeah, okay, I can get on board with that. Yeah, no, Rubio is not a guy that I actually <laughs> drafted um, this season anywhere, but I mean, you got to give it to him. He's been quite good this year, a pretty much top seventy guy. And I mean, you know, he doesn't shoot well still, but other than that, he is n- well north of serviceable. Oh, very much so, and. My favorite thing about him is he he stinks uh, for late October, all of November, and right really through Christmas. He's not very good ever during that stretch of the season. And then every year uh, after the calendar turns to the new year, uh, he starts going crazy. So it's pretty cool, pretty cool to see. But you know, Phoenix is not all the way out of the playoff race yet. I think they're maybe five games back, but. Um, you know, I don't think they have a re- realistic chance of making the playoffs. Rubio's kind of injury prone. He's playing at such a high level right now. There's like I, I just feel like now would be a, a good time to try to trade him for for something really good. Yeah, and his scoring was really annoying there in from kind of mid January to mid February, just under nine points per game. Shot thirty five percent for a, like a thirteen game stretch. I'm looking at right now. So he actually was pretty bad relatively recently before kind of turning it back up. Like what you said, that monster stat line, a good one before that too. So yeah, if you if he's been driving you crazy and you think you have a window to get out of get out of there, I I, I can see that. Um, let's play this game. How old do you how old do you think uh, the last two guys we talked about? How old is Gorgie Jang? I don't like these games. <laughs> I stink at them. Uh, Gorgie Jang. I'm going to say 27. Gorky Jang, much to my surprise, is 30 years old. Mm. That one that one surprised me. Okay, la- uh, last one, second and last one. How old is Ricky Rubio? Oh, man. I feel like he was like 16 when I was covering him in the 2008 Olympics, but he had to be older than 16. This is really, Steve, but you're. I like the way you're thinking here. This is smart. So 2008 to 2020 is 12 years. So that would, if he was 16, then that's 28 now. That doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem like he was playing in the Olympics when he was 16, though. So I'm gonna go with uh, 29 years old. Bravo, bravo! Whoa. On the nose, you you nailed it. You nailed it. Oh. And I think he was I think he was 17 at the Olympics. So you basically 
you basically crunch those numbers perfectly. I'm gonna double check. Uh, wow. Yeah, Ricky Rubio okay. pulling up his Olympic stats on uh, BasketballReference.com. I remember watching him in those Olympics and and coming away not as impressed as I thought I would. Yeah, no. I mean, he he had a, a uh, his high point total was seven, eight eight points. Although yeah. he was pretty impressive if I recall in that in the final against the U.S. Seventeen years old, man. Six points, six boards, three assists, three steals. He's a real a real spark for them. Uh, but yeah, he's twenty nine, and he was seventeen at the Beijing Olympics. We'll finish this one up with an, with another. Uh, Steve story. Um, okay, let's do it. This one's not shoe related. Thank, thank goodness. Um, in 2008, NBC Roto World called me and they're like, "Hey, can you go to Stanford, Connecticut for a few weeks during the Olympics in Beijing?" And I was like, "Absolutely." So myself and a guy named Mike McCallo, who um, was an assistant coach under Sam Mitchell for a year and then was doing some studio work for the Timberwolves in Minnesota. They paired Mike and I together and we would sit in a room with a television and we would stream, or actually computers, we would stream the women's and men's Olympic basketball games on our computers and then we would type uh, commentary in a box under the screen. So the people at home that were watching streaming these basketball games with no audio would have commentary from Mike and I, uh, basically play-by-play of the game they were watching in print, printed form. Right. And I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. Those were very much like early days of streaming. Right. I mean, that was, yes, that was probably anyone who was watching those was like, that was the first time they'd ever streamed anything. <laughs> we were not streaming so much back then. No, it uh, was, uh, yeah, it was crude. It was, it, we were pioneers, but it, it was really fun. Like Mike McCullough and I became really good friends and, you know, I got to finally meet some people I worked with at Roto World for the first time. And it, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. I think the only thing that would have made that better is if you had actually been doing play by play, spoken play by play. That's what I really want to hear. Yeah, right. that would have been sweet. But Doug, Doug Collins, uh, beat me to that one. That's fair. <laughs> But, you know, I did, I did get a, a real appreciation for women's basketball over those Olympics because that, that woman's Olympic team was like the, the woman's version of the dream team with Diana Taurasi and all, the, all those really, really good players. And uh, I watched Diana Taurasi speak at Kobe's memorial yesterday, and that was, that was pretty cool. I, I became, a, became a Taurasi fan during those Olympics. I got the chance to, work, uh, to meet Taurasi and Sue Bird at least on one occasion, maybe twice, maybe multiple times. And man, great personalities. Some of my favorite athletes I've ever interviewed are those two. Oh, nice. Now, Matt, yeah. were, you, were you in Beijing for those Olympics? I was in Beijing for the 2008 yes. Olympics. I was, I was at See, the... Yeah. Your stories probably destroy my little... Sitting in a hotel in Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, writing for Jim Lampley back at those Olympics. Man. Good times. That's pretty cool. Uh, all right. Well, that about does it for us. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Take a second to rate and review us as well. Mike Gallagher will be back on Friday with his regular episode. We're back on Monday with the Waiver Wired podcast. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time, man. Lastly, I need to apologize to everybody for telling them that Brad Beal was a, was a sell high. So we're going to pretend like that never happened. <laughs> and with that, I'm out of here later. Bye.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.